We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Ugh. I know. Ugh. Stab me in the face with a fork. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by Rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For news, rankings, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, head over to Rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast FPL edition. I am your host, Mike Gottlieb, and with me is Andrew Laird. <sighs> Twice in one week, Andrew, we're in mid-season form. Yeah, I'm exhausted, so we should just uh, just know. get on with if, it. I don't know if we can. Well, it's more. I'm not sure I can keep this pace up. <laughs> you're yeah. You're in two mid-season forms now. So That's it's right. Like, it's like. Uh, 
That's two seasons. I was going to say that, 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 that doing four in a week. Are you doing four this week or just three? Just three. We keep the MLS one to one a week because um, not that there's not enough to talk about. There's certainly plenty. There's just as much, but I'm not sure people need to hear our reactions to things. Not that they need to hear you and I talk about the weekend before, but we like to do it, so we do it. <laughs> I don't understand what you were saying, that people don't need to hear us. <laughs> I don't understand that at all. Okay. All right. So... Um, there's a lot that's happened since we last talked. Uh, unbeknownst to us uh, at the time, uh, we did not know when we podcasted last on Tuesday, was it? That on Wednesday, uh, Premier League decided to release the official game, yes. the FPL game. So uh, a lot of commotion has happened since, a lot, of, uh, a lot of studying that game, and we have made lineups, at least our first lineups, that I'm sure we're going to change. In fact, I've already made one change from Wednesday. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, we'll definitely talk about that, uh, but just just a public service announcement: we have we are going to be starting our position rankings for the upcoming season very soon, Andrew. Yep, we're gonna get them out this weekend. We're gonna do goalkeepers, defenders, midfielders, and forwards all in separate pieces, uh, just for those who are looking for how we think uh, all of these players are gonna finish. That's kind of how we how we do them. We, you know, if the idea is how are each position each player in, in these positions going to finish at the end of the year it's not these aren't week one rankings these aren't the first six week rankings it's literally how we you know if you wanted to set your week your lineup in week one and not touch it for 38 weeks then this is how we think it'll finish up which which uh, is a guaranteed way to lose yeah there's plenty of variance obviously throughout the season and uh even with you know like i said these aren't week one rankings because we'll see alexis sanchez i think he may uh, not playing the opener like Aaron Ramsey, but they'll definitely be in our rankings. Uh, so, Robert Huth is suspended. Yep, yep, Huth is suspended. I think uh, Drinkwater might be two, or somebody else was. I forget who it was, but yeah, there are a few guys that uh, will not be playing early on that will be in our rankings at least for the the introductory ones. These are more kind of to help you build your FPL teams. They're they're based on FPL pricing. They're not they're not made for DraftKings. They're not. Yes. FPL scoring, excuse me. They're not made for DraftKings. They're not made for Taga. Um, we have plenty of, we'll have plenty of other stuff for those formats. But uh, FPL still is still the kind of the king of F fantasy Premier League, which is why that, that's what we actually call it. Uh, they're up to two hundred eighty thousand people who have signed up, and uh, like we said, it's been around. It's been open for four days, so um, we will have plenty of content for the season uh, for this game, and this is uh, where we start. So on that note, well, on that note with our rankings, um, so I kind of, uh, when you sent me the format of what we were going to do for our rankings, and spoiler alert, there's going to be a top 10 for goalkeepers. Yes. I don't think that's enough for goalkeepers. And and let me tell you the reason why. Um, you know, not that I want to tell you how to do your job, but I'm going to anyway. Please. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, the difference between goalkeeper five and goalkeeper 15 to me is not not large. Okay. Uh, at least it's certainly not as large as like the top five are to five through 15. So I feel like there's really two tiers. There's like the top five goalkeepers and there's everybody else pretty much. Not not everybody else, but, you know, the next tier is very large. OK, so to exclude half of that second tier. So between five through 10 and 10 through and 11 through 15, mm -hmm. it didn't seem right to me. Like I couldn't force I couldn't force myself to say, you know, five through 10 and then. Oh, screw the other five guys. No, I, it's it, 
those, those other five guys will have value and guys that I will pick from readily during weekly formats for sure. Sure. Okay. Uh, that makes sense. Um, I think the way I looked at it and, and maybe 10 was a little short. Um, although my other thought was if we did 15, why don't we just go to 20? Um, which I didn't really want to do either, but I, I suppose since we have to pick two, uh, just for FPL lineups, then we could have gone deeper. But, uh, my, my thought when you said, you know, the difference between five and 15 or six through 15, isn't that great is that's what we should be doing though. We should be deciding who six through 10 are and why they're better than 11 through, through 15. So, but the difference to me is that, uh, especially when you're looking at it over a season mm-hmm. to me, the difference in points, first of all, to try to pinpoint it within five points is it's really kind of sure. a fool's errand, but I don't think it'll be a large difference. That's the way I'll put it. So uh, just to give just to give you just a couple of names that are, you know, you know, what's the difference between Adrian and Lucas Fabianski? Um, not much. I, so I think black, you, I think you uh, say that about a lot, though. But that's my point. Like, like that. That is exactly my point. Just to leave one off the list for the other would be. You know, it, it, I, 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 I wouldn't know how to separate it. Or, you know, like a Ben Foster from, uh, like, a Victor Valdez. Mm-hmm. These are all people that are going to be falling in that range. Yep, and I think uh, with us, with four of us deciding who the top 40, you know, who the top 10 are, we're obviously not going to have 40 guys, but I think it, it allows you to get a clear understanding of who the upper-tier guys are, who those top five are, uh, and then... Um, you kind of get a different perspective. You know, we don't all have the same 10 and we don't have all the same six through 10. So I think even if you don't give a, a, a top 15, you're still getting at least 15 goalkeepers listed to consider of where we think each will go versus, you know, other people in that tier. That's fair. Uh, that, that is, that is fair, but either way I'm sending you my top 15, not my top 10 yep. or sorry. I have already sent yeah, you. I have top your top 15 and nobody will see 11 through 16. So you can feel free to just add that in the comments below. I, I certainly will. <laughs> you can all add your comments below when we post them on rotowire.com slash soccer. Yes. All right. So let's get to it. The big news, uh, FPL opened up, but we have our lineups to go through. Uh, there's also a couple of transfers I'd like to talk about. We can do those later if we have time. Uh, you, you'll see my thoughts on all the transfer stuff on Twitter at sports by Gotti, G-O-T-T-I. And you and Andrew is at Rotowire Andrew. Uh, just a good day to be a Dortmund fan, first of all. Getting both Gertza and Sherla on the same day to make it official. Pretty nice day. All right, but let's get and, to FPL. Uh, don't sleep Sorry. on the fact that they smoked Manchester United 4-1 in Shanghai. I'll sleep on that every day, twice <laughs> on Sunday. <laughs> they looked really good. That team's going to be a ton of fun to watch this year. They're very quick. Yeah. I still don't know if Gertz any good, though. I'm a Goethe apologist. I will happily admit that. I think he's very good. I don't no. think Sherla's as good as how much how expensive he is, but that's uh, that's not my money. So, all right. So let's take this by position and let's lead off with the goalkeepers. So, I guess let's start with who we decided to go with, and then we'll just evaluate the position as a whole. So, Andrew, start us off. I decided to go cheap. Um, like we always do uh, on goalkeeper. Actually, I decided to go cheap on goalkeepers. Defenders, I was a little hit or miss and then basically forced myself to go cheap because there were some 
attacking options I like better. But uh, for goalkeepers, uh, I like Ben Foster at four and a half. Uh, I'm not. Sh- I assume he's going to start right away. If it's not, then my hill's the same price. But um, and then my other one, I actually spent five on Fraser Forster initially, and I have since changed that to uh, Jack Butland, who I had last year as well. And uh, his injury ended up kind of burning me there. But uh, he's he's going to be fit for this year. And, you know, we always say how tough Stoke is defensively at home. And I think they're going to kind of keep that going. And Butland, uh, you know, that's that's a fairly decent price and for a position that uh, has a decent amount of of kind of turnover in the top 10 each season or even the top five. I mean, if you look last year, Peter Cech was obviously very expensive going in for Arsenal and he finished as the number one keeper, but he finished two points uh, ahead of Jorelio Gomez, who was dirt cheap at the beginning of, you know, at the beginning of last year. And, um, you know, 10 points behind that. And third was Casper Schmeichel. So like paying up, you kind of have to be able to find the guys who are on those teams that will pay off. But when you look at the top, you know, six, let's call it last year, it's Czech Gomez, Schmeichel, De Gea, Lloris Hart. So, you know, it's kind of 50-50 almost um, of whether, you know, it, it's worth paying off for the top guys. What was interesting is how many goalies got hurt last year when they were playing very well. The two I think of off the top of my head, of course, were Butland and Forrester. Yeah. And also, Boaz Myhill got hurt. Ben Foster got hurt. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, Tim Kroll was, I mean, not that you were going to go all in on Tim Kroll, but, you know, he's a pretty good goalkeeper. And, um, you know, he was out for, he got hurt for the year. And so, uh, yeah, those things happen. Coutois was out for some time. I mean, mm-hmm. there there was a lot of goaltender injuries. Yeah, but you know, uh, the draw. I mean, the drop to get the backup is not going to really hurt you. So, all right. So, we said that many many times. All right. So I chose I think two different goalkeepers. I wasn't exactly paying attention to. You, I apologize. Um, I have Steve Mandanda, mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorite transfers of the summer. So him going to Crystal Palace, and they have a very favorable schedule to start off. And you and I had a little bit of a debate, too, and we'll get to this in a second. Let me just finish off my goalkeepers here. Uh, I also chose Victor Valdez from Middlesbrough, mm-hmm. also at 4.5. Um, I was, I have my eye on uh, – it depends on what, what happens at Hull. But Hull's opening schedule is brutal, too. But yeah. uh, Jakupovic is a 4.0 goalkeeper that mm-hmm. will uh, may start the beginning of the season. Yeah, I think he will. But that Hull schedule is awful. It's brutal. It's it's just awful. I mean, they get almost everyone that was contending for Europe plus Chelsea in the first seven games. Yep. Welcome back. Oh, maybe that's why Steve Bruce resigned. That's the (laughs) the news we should get to. Uh, Steve Bruce resigned today. Today, yeah. Just he must have looked at the fixture list and like, oh, screw that. Yeah, forget it. I'm out of here. Um. Let, let me jump into to defenders, not completely to to our picks, but uh, what we saw this year is that the pricing oh. is basically grouped by team. I hate that. Uh, which makes it makes puts a big emphasis, or at least uh, accentuates the emphasis on clean sheets. That like basically two defenders from the same team really aren't going to give you that many different points uh, because they don't get involved in the attack. It also makes it very difficult to find potential values from teams that uh, will be at the top of the table, you know, with a guy that may not play that much, but, you know, could sneak in a few times. So, you know, if you're looking at guys like 
you know, from the Manchester United side, you see, you know, Luke Shaw, who barely played last year because of this injury, and he's priced the same as as all the other guys. And, uh, and what's even funnier is Luke Shaw is one of the most commonly owned players. Yes, I I, yeah. I think some recent comments from Mourinho have made people jump all over him, but yeah, he's at five and a half, which uh, you know is kind of the standard, um, the standard for defenders, but. It's the same as Antonio Valencia, Marcos Rojo, Daly Blinn, Mateo Darmian. Chris Smalling's actually more than them, but um, you're not going to find that many that many savings. Eric Bailly, who's a five and a half, also. I mean, like, so there's there's more that goes into picking. You're basically picking team defenses almost, um, yeah. which uh, which makes you then have to consider teams who may be underpriced that you think will be better. And that's kind of my question to you. If you like Mandanda, you have to like the Crystal Palace defenders as well. I, I have one in there, but we'll get we'll get to the defenders in a minute. Um, but the, 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 let's let's take the, the two overarching points because you know for defenders and goalkeepers, the grouping like that, uh, I hate it. I don't <laughs> like it. Yeah. Uh, but there's one player that everyone's going to try to take advantage advantage of, and that is uh, John Stones. Yeah, he's, he's grouped with Everton defenders, and he may be on Manchester City. Yep, yep. Uh, the... Now, my question, my question would be: is if it happens before the season starts, would they just adjust his pricing? And since, uh, and you can't, you can't act, you can't actually get any money back if you had him at four or whatever is five foot five and a half, and if he jumps up to like a six. Because there's no there's unlimited transfers going right now. Would it would would the game just kind of burn you on that? Uh, no, I don't think there's any. There will be no transfer or salary movement until week two. I don't think they can change it now. They can add players, but I don't think salaries will change at all. And so yeah, Stones isn't even five. So you know that's obviously the the price that you get for a poor Everton defender. Uh, he also didn't start last year like we're kind of ignoring that that even if you take him and he stays at Everton there's no guarantee yeah. that he's going to start Ramiro Funes Mori and Phil Jagielka were, were starting last year and um, nobody really knows why Stones wasn't starting you know it's it's weird that yeah. a young center back who could potentially net this club 30 million pounds is not starting but, but yeah I think he you know the more the more that that talk heats up the the higher and higher he'll be owned how much fun well everton well, you know uh, this is going to be wild speculation here you know kuman experimented and used successfully the 532 with southampton mhm you could very easily make the case yep. to do the same thing here cuz you have perfect wing backs already there yep uh you have uh, that might be the key to unleashing Ross Barkley to just run up and down the middle of the field mm -hmm. and say, don't ever go wide. Just stay right. in the middle and do your thing. Yep. Uh, and I love that idea. Yeah. And then pair Lukaku with Kone up front. Who, who they proved Kone. they could do that. They did it well last year. They anyway. did. But come on. Come on. They won't. No. They won't. But, but they do have guys who can play. I mean, if yeah, you put in. Alice can play up front with Lukaku potentially. Yeah. I mean, they have Lennon. Aaron Lennon played well. De La Feu. I mean, they have, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we, this is not an Everton podcast, and we're straying. We're already off the rails. Uh, <laughs> but the group pricing, I think the only person that's going to really benefit from that is John Stones. Maybe. Uh, yeah. I think 
that's the only that's the only example I can think of. Well, the the other way I thought of it was if there are guys on on clubs that you think will be better defensively than than they showed. Like I think Crystal Palace will be much better than they were last year. I do as and, well. And so, you know, if if you think they are a Europa contending team, then paying five flat for their defenders or four or five, which I think a lot of people are doing with Poppy Soare, even though James Tompkins may take that spot. Um, you can do that. I mean, the Stoke defenders are pretty cheap. Um, Eric Peters is at four and a half. Um, Jeff Cameron's at four and a half. So, All right. I know you're desperate to get to defenders, uh, but I do want to do one more strategy point uh, before we get to the defenders. Mm-hmm. We will talk about Peters. We will talk about Suarez. We'll talk about all of them, mainly because two-thirds of those guys are in my lineup. Uh, we have, So we had a discussion before the season, before we even really filled out our own lineups. You know, How far do you forward do you try to project for putting players into your lineup? Mm. Because you were saying, you know, like two weeks, you get like two transfers every two weeks. So you only plan for two weeks out, and I think that's too short-sighted. It's not that I that I only plan two weeks out, and and we should also specify you get one transfer per week, but it's very difficult to make like a one-for-one transfer each week. I mean, the the way that salaries work out, uh, you really should consider it two sal- two transfers every two weeks because that allows you to essentially find one of your guy. You know, if one of your upper or even a mid-tier guy gets hurt, you can go then buy a cheaper player, which will then allow you to upgrade elsewhere. Uh, the one-for-one, one, I mean, you can you can do those moves, but you're, you, you'll are you end up leaving money on the table for a week, which, uh, I mean, you're allowed to do that, but it doesn't seem to benefit you that much. So I there are specific pieces that I will keep in my team throughout the season, at least. you know, I, I drafted them with the idea that I will have them for, for the duration. Uh, but I think you can schedule basically these. Uh, I was going to call them wild card picks, but that's that'll be confusing. But you can you can pick a few guys that you know I can I can play this guy for the next two weeks because I have a, a replacement that I can use to get him out. Like I think you you don't really need to think six weeks out for every single one of your players that you can have two to three guys that will allow you kind of some flexibility week to week to say, yes, I can get rid of this guy because, uh, you know, in the next two weeks he's playing home against Hull and home against Sunderland and in two, you know, and then they play at Man City and you can just say, yeah, I'll play him for two weeks. You know, the the idea that somebody could have like four tough fixtures in the next six weeks, but they're the four la- la- latter ones, uh, you know, you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself uh, with at least all of the guys on your team. I confused myself in that explanation. My yes, I totally understand what you were saying that you know you can't project too far and out into the future. It's you know too many things can happen. You don't know what's going to happen. I, I get that. What my thoughts are on flexibility is you don't want to make your lineup so short-sighted that you feel that you need to do things every two weeks. Mm-hmm. I like to view this as like almost like a mutual fund. I would rather take the lineup that would get me, you know, the slow and steady points and then make the adjustments here and there just to make sure that I'm not missing out on, you know, just not missing out on Riyad Mahrez. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
uh, you don't want to get too far behind the eight ball on guys like that. Yeah, I get that. Uh, I think I have previously been very, very hesitant to take negative points uh, with extra transfers. And this season in MLS, uh, I've done pretty well doing that, taking minus points because I'm, I recognize that I'm, that I would be like leaving points on the table. And so I think the, the, MLS transfer rules are two per week, so it's, you you can get a little more aggressive. But I think this year I will I will likely be more aggressive in taking my negative points just because, um, you know, if, if there's a move I think will make up those points quickly plus some, then it, there's no reason not to do it. I look, that's the way I look at it at least. Yeah. Also, uh, public service announcement number whatever of the day. Uh, we will be opening up a Rotowire group, mm-hmm. so uh, we, we will tweet that out at some point. So yes. be, be sure to follow us on Twitter, and we'll, we'll make sure that you guys know what's going on. Mm-hmm. All right, let's finally get to those defenders that you wanted to talk so much about. Uh, I'll start off because you know, a few of the names already we, we've talked about here. Uh, I have Eric Peters at 4.5. I also have Poppy Soiree at 4.5, mm-hmm. knowing that I can easily switch to another – Crystal Palace defender if I need to. Well, uh, not, not easily because they're the other ones are five. I'll I I, I have one point five remaining. Okay, I can, uh, so I'll be okay if I need to. I don't want to. There's also other four point fives that are just fine, mm-hmm. but I do want to take advantage of the Crystal Palace defense because they have a pretty nice schedule yep. off the bat. And just you know, just th- there's one game where you don't want to play, so they they start off with West Brom at home, which is great. Yep. Then they go Spurs away, which is awful. <laughs> that's yeah. the, and that's the only hard game until like thanks, uh, not till Thanksgiving, till Halloween. Okay, that's like the only hard one. And I think they play. Yeah, they play at Leicester October twenty second. Everything else in between, it's Burnmouth at home, Middlesbrough, Stoke, Sunderland, Everton, kind of difficult. West Ham may be difficult, but it, I mean, you could definitely. There's definitely worse schedules than that. Just go look at Hulls, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's. Yeah, that's something you can live with, even with the budget defender. Even if Poppy Suarez doesn't play every single one of those games, you can easily switch out to one of your other defenders. Mm-hmm. Just to throw that out there. So I have Peters, I have Suarez. This is a guy who, if you don't know, this is someone. This is going to be like my Simon Francis pick of the year or Aaron Cresswell pick of the year. You know, I, I have a tendency of finding these younger guys, uh, especially from promoted clubs. It's George Friend from Middlesbrough this year. Yeah, uh, I think he's going to be owned, very highly owned anyway. But Middlesbrough's schedule to start is also pretty friendly. Uh, so they start with Stoke, then Sunderland, West Brom, Crystal Palace, Everton. So that, that's the first five weeks of the season. That's not terrible. No. So at 4.5, another 4.5 option, I think George Friend's going to be owned very highly anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, my only non-4.5, actually, no, let me get to my fourth 4.5, and that is uh, Mr. Zuniga, Juan Zuniga. Yep. Uh, I love Zuniga. He can play either right wing back, left wing back, left back, right back. Just put him on a flank and he'll he'll perform. <laughs> it doesn't matter which one. Uh, and with the side, and the only reason why I would hesitate to Zuniga is because Alan Neom and their newest signing that happened today, which is Bryce Ja JJ. Uh, and actually, I, I think that pronunciation is correct. Uh, either way, uh, those three guys. There's only two spots. Yep. So. The reason why I like Zuniga is because he can play on either one. The other two are primarily right backs. Uh, my my thought on Zuniga, who I also have um, 
is that their schedule is awful to start. Their first 10 games are, are five very hard matches and five much easier ones. Like, they start Southampton, Chelsea, Arsenal, West Ham, and Man United. Yeah. Away then, to West Ham. Yeah. So it's not even like a... Yep. But then their next five is Burnley, Burnmouth, Middlesbrough, Swansea, and Hull. I mean, like, that's when you really need to, like, stock up on Watford players. Um, but, you know, you get extra play. You know, you, you get bench spots, so that's where he'll be probably for the first five yeah, weeks. And but. at, at 4.5, I mean, he's not going to drop down to 4.4 or 4.3 during the first five weeks. It's unlikely. Right. Right. Uh, so either whether you get him now or whether you get him later, I think the price will remain the same. And I don't want to waste a transfer on defenders as much as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my only non 4.5 option is Craig Dawson at 5.0. Yeah. That West Brom is another one that has really good um, opening schedule. Uh, Palace, Everton, Middlesbrough, Burnmouth. I mean, that's that's a decent start. I'm sensing a pattern with my picks. <laughs> All right, go ahead. You're, you're five defenders. Uh, I had Suarez as well. I had Zuniga. I had Peter, Eric Peters. Did you say Eric Peters? Yes, I did. First. Okay, yep, I have him. Uh, I went with your last year's pick of Simon Francis at four and a half. And... Well, I used to call Simone Francis for yeah. a reason I don't know. <laughs> That's great. And the last one I picked was four and a half DeAndre Yedlin, who makes no sense to be on anybody's team until he makes a move, but... Um, I figured I'd get him now, and it's and it's not like his price is going to go up because he's going to Sunderland. Um, in fact, who knows what's going on with Sunderland now? Because the other news of the day was that Big Sam was officially named the uh, named to the uh, England England manager. So um, David Moyes is the odds-on favorite to to take over at Sunderland. Steve Bruce is available now, so yep. who knows? But. Um, the hope is that Yedlin goes back, although now with Moyes, you know, he's welcome to, to take whoever he wants. So I'm not sure what they'll what they'll do at that point. But um, I feel Yedlin's basically just a filler. Um, all five of my guys are four and a half. And as I was building my team, I said to myself that I was going to not have minimum price midfield or defenders taking up everything. But the midfielders, I thought, were fun enough that for three weeks out, I can I can do it for now. But I can't imagine this will be remotely close to what I end up with. Yeah, it's it, a lot's going to happen from now to the start of the season. Someone's right. going to be out for the year by the time we even get here okay. uh, to the start of the season. It's just going to happen. Uh, but I, oh, I can't really, I can't really argue with you. I, I mean, the only reason why I don't have any Sunderland players is exactly, you know, even the, the rumors were strongly that. Allardyce was going to leave to go to, to be the England manager. And that's the reason why you don't see on my team, at least the guys that I actually really like, you know, Lamine Kone is one that I really like. Uh, I like Patrick Van Onholt, uh, Vino Manone, the goalkeeper because of the saves potential in FPL to get bonus points. Wabi Kazri. Uh, Wabi Kazri. Uh, it's uh, who knows what, what happens with Jermaine Defoe now. Um, because you have to play the certain system to make sure he's effective, and mm-hmm. <sighs> David Moyes is not David it. Moyes is not that guy, by the way, <laughs> to make Jermaine Defoe Jermaine Defoe. Yeah, just you know, and I know Jermaine Defoe was a popular pick last season because of his goal scoring prowess, but Sunderland it's a hard team to project without a manager. Yep, I successfully have avoided every single Sunderland player. Okay. 
I'm assuming you have not because you didn't say anything. I, I, I don't have any others, no. But I kind of have the expectation that Yedlin will be one. Mm. Even... <laughs> Yeah, even with even with Moyes, I'd be okay. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Your midfielder, sir. Um, I or, do have... go, or do you want to go with forwards first? Or it's up to it's up to you. I feel like the midfielders are the, the what will take the longest to talk about. But I'll let you decide whether you want to go with your forwards or your midfielders first. Um, let's yeah, let's talk midfielders just because there's so many that we can we can discuss. Um, I so I actually started my team with midfielders. Um, because I wanted these three guys and to see how I could build around them. So uh, I did Kevin De Bruyne at 10.5, Dimitri Payet at 9.5, and, and Henrik McTarian for 9.5. And, and I think they'll be the three best midfielders this year. Um, McTarian's the only one that worries me slightly, but I have him now. And then I added... Uh, Stuart Downing at five and a half Ooh. and your boy Sofian Figuli at five and a half as well. I like that one. I have no player under six, six and a half. Yeah. At my midfield. I, I had no Diane actually originally, and then I've switched to Downing. I spent big and can spend bigger. I did not utilize the entire budget. So I have some flexibility here because I, I even, I actually start, I actually, left the midfielders for for last and I wanted to do as much budget trimming as I could from the other 10 positions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just to make sure I had the maximum amount for when I wanted to pick up my midfielders and I, I actually scrimped and saved more than I wanted apparently okay. so these are my five I have De Bruyne mm-hmm. I have uh, Mkhitaryan at nine and a half just like you I thought about Payet. I really did. But I actually went with the Homer pick and went with Hazard. I get that. Uh, just because for uh, crosses don't count. Yeah. So, I mean, Payet's value takes a small dip, not a big one. I understand why you went with, not, why you went with him. Also, the transfer rumors still scare me. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think he'll go anywhere, though. But I, I, they, do, they still do scare me. But we have plenty of time to, for, for that to play itself out. I took Gilfie Sigurdsson. At seven and a half, uh, I'm surprised you didn't. To be fair, mm-hmm. uh, this is one. This cheap. is one of your guys. Uh, also, one because of my his... guys. <laughs> I'm kidding. His first two weeks, by the way, are Burnley and Hull. Mm-hmm. He'll be in. Are line you projecting for... far enough out though for that? No, I'm not. Uh, he's one of the players who's going to ride the bench most of the time after that because mm. I'm I'm probably not going to play all five. I'll probably play four. But uh, after that, he has Leicester, Chelsea, Southampton, Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal. Yeah. Wow. Not. That's not an easy stretch. No. So he'll play. He'll he'll probably ride the bench for a good portion of that. But at seven five, I think his value may actually take a decent. Uh, he may go to seven six or seven seven by mm-hmm. week three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I said, I had Hazard, and my last one at six and a half is Andros Townsend mm. at Crystal Palace. So I have my maximum allotment of Crystal Palace players. <laughs> is that back to back years you've done? That? The <laughs> yeah, it's true. I was very tempted to spend five and a half on Wilfred Zaha. Um, I just, I don't know if he'll start. Well, that's sort of the way I was looking at it, that if he, I mean, if he doesn't start, that means Punchin starts, doesn't it? And Punchin's also five and a half, or is it? Yeah, yeah I mean, it would be most likely, it, it, most likely it would be Punchin. It's really a matter of, also it matters what formation, if they don't get a striker, then they all may play. 
<laughs> yeah, I guess. That's so. They're, 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 st- they're definitely starting Wickham. I mean, Wickham's not going to be on the bench. You know my thoughts. Uh, <laughs> I think I think they'll get Diafrasaka after West Ham get Carlos Baca. Mm, okay. I think that'll be the domino effect there. Right. Right. But or Eno Valencia, whichever one they want to get rid of, West Ham. But. For Andros Townsend, I think he's a shoe in to start along with Balassi as long as Balassi is there. And then everyone else is kind of mix and match. Because remember, they also do have Zachary um, Sacco as well. Yep. So who Never played worked very, out. Well, he played very well to start. Yeah. Like really well to start. They started that, playing like, him as a number nine, though, and he was just a mess. And then it was awful. Yeah. And then it was awful. And that's why I'm saying if they get a, if they get a true striker, uh, then it gets even more muddied in the midfield for Crystal Palace. So, uh, but Andros Townsend at 6.5, I think it's a decent gamble. And again, I have uh, 1.5 left to spare. Mm-hmm. So I can make that into a much better player if I need to. How quickly do you sprint to your computer to grab Christian Benteke at seven and a half if he goes to Palace? Uh, I wouldn't sprain my ankle, but the next level down. <laughs> okay. Just a little twist. <laughs> just a little twist. <laughs> ankle okay. bruise. Right. Ankle right. bruise. I'd bruise the ankle. I wouldn't sprain it. Okay. It's uh, I'd be pretty excited. I'd be pretty. I'd be pretty excited. He'd have some really good service coming to him, mm-hmm. and the kind of service that he wants. Yeah. Yep. That would be very exciting. I'm all. I have the tingles just thinking about it. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's, move, let's move on to the forwards. Um, I'll start with mine. Uh, I uh, I skimped and saved a little bit here. I have Ahmed Musa, who not enough people are talking about, mm-hmm. uh, at seven and a half for Leicester. He's going to be like Shinji Okazaki, but he has a final product. Okay, that'll be nice. Yep. I have uh, Chaz Austin at six and a half, uh, just because the value is too good now that Pele's gone, and Romelu Lukaku at nine uh, for two reasons. One, if if he stays at Everton, I like I love his prospects with Ronald Koeman. And if he goes to Chelsea, Chelsea rumored to have tabled a 50 million pound bid today, uh, which I think got rejected. So uh, if he goes to Chelsea, I think that's the end of days for Diego Costa. Yeah. And then him and Batshuayi up front together. Ooh, that's scary. Mm-hmm. And and Hazard. That's a really dangerous Belgian trio. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, I went Lukaku also thinking he would stay. Um, I'm not sure Everton can afford to let him go. We kind of talked about this when when they signed him, that players of his caliber don't choose to go to Everton. And so when they have one, which they do with him, they have to keep him. I mean, I realize that if he doesn't want to play there, then he can force his way out but I think they have to make him force his way out. And I'm not sure he's doing that yet. Does that make sense? It, it, I totally got it. So I'm keeping him for that reason. I actually am not sure I like him as much with Chelsea just because it seems like there, there are too many mouths to feed there to get like a significant. But, oh, I don't think that's true. I don't okay. think that's true for a couple of reasons. Also, did you see how Italy played at the Euros? The striker scored. Yeah. Or they assisted because they, they play the ball off each other. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think you can really compare the Italian team with 
with what Chelsea has, particularly well, yeah, because they, there's so little thought of having to cover defensively because they're so good defensively. And Chelsea, I mean, yeah. that Benucci, Chiellini, Barzali back three is better than anything Chelsea will be able to put out. Uh, so. I'm pretty sure it's the best back three ever assembled. Yeah. The fact that they play club t- on their club and internationally together is absurd, too. Um, but so I think that's that's going to be the biggest hindrance to Chelsea, to the idea that, like, oh, look what they did. In, in, yeah, but uh, do you think he'd be priced at nine if he was on Chelsea? Uh, probably not. I think but, he'd be at least nine and a half where Costa is. Yeah, but that, I mean, that's not a significant. It's not 11. No, uh, uh, let's get to the rest of your forwards. You have Lukaku. Yep, I have Lukaku. I have uh, Andre Gray, who oh, you love him. I do, and that's and it worries me that I like him a little too much. But um, he's your Callum Wilson of this year. Yeah, and I'm kind of hoping he's the Troy Deeney of this year and not the Callum Wilson. Like th- we always have one. That was uh, my guy. At least Deeney, one. Deeney was mine. Right. We always have at least one, and. Um, at the beginning of the year, it was actually Gallo, but then it clearly turned out to be Dini. The year before, it was Danny Ings, who happened to come from Burnley. So Charlie Austin did it two years ago also. like th- There will be a a player from a promoted team that gets to the 12 to 15 goal range. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, I'm at this point, I'm convinced it's Gray. Uh, I haven't seen anything that should make uh, me I, think it's I think somebody player, else. I think there's a player who just signed today that has a chance. Or yesterday. Who was it? Alvaro Negredo. Oh, well, I suppose. If if he wasn't, like, made of paper mache, I'd feel a little bit better about it. But I, the, I can't see him playing enough. Are you are you insinuating that he's built like Tarzan and plays like Jane? <laughs> I wouldn't utter that phrase, but that seems like something you've been waiting to say for quite a while. For about five, six seconds. Yeah. Yes. So my last spot is Daniel Sturridge, who Ugh. I realize... Ugh. Is also that, made that, of paper mache. Oh my god! After you make that paper mache yes. comp, you utter Daniel Sturridge's yes. name. I'm willing uh. to. I'm willing to go with Sturridge until he gets hurt, because a fit Sturridge is worth eleven or twelve, and at ten, I'm willing to gamble that. Um, everyone's going to look at that opening match at Arsenal, except it's going to be an Arsenal side that's got four starters missing. Um. And then Burnley, I mean, they play Spurs, which is obviously a tough one. But, like, I, I'm i in on Jurgen Klopp, and I think Sturridge offers the best value. You're so in on Jurgen Klopp, you have a grand total of one Liverpool player. Well, I, I, I couldn't fit in anybody in the midfield. Like, I couldn't get Firmino because I, I took Pyatt, Mkhitaryan, and, and De Bruyne. But I think Sturridge is, is going to be the guy at the beginning of the season. I had Harry Kane at first, and... Um, I actually think Kane takes a bit of a step back this year. Like, I think I'm not sure he finishes in the top five of, of forwards. So I kicked him to the curb. Yeah. Uh, I'm wondering, I mean, the, the player that I've been wondering about is Willie on. Yep. It's weird. He's only at seven, five. Yep. And still no one's going to him. I think, I mean, the, the, the playing time thing is obviously a little tough with uh, with Chelsea because you just don't know who you know who's going to play. Uh, do you know who the most, the highest owned Chelsea midfielder is? 
Uh, my guess, my guess at this point is N'Golo Kante, but I have no idea. You're exactly right. Yeah. N'Golo Kante is owned by 21% of fantasy teams. Eden Hazard is next at 11 and a half. I mean, a five salary for a starting Chelsea midfielder is obviously, and you get some midfielder points for, uh, not much for clean sheets and you get the not, bonuses not you get the tackle interception bonuses that he could easily rack up i mean Matic was a was a serviceable fantasy option two years ago not you know he's not gonna explode but like he was a slow and steady guy and n'golo Conte at five flat can be that but to the to the william point you know eden hazard's gonna start and then after that you have william you have juan cuadrado who's still around you have uh, Fabregas, Pedro, Oscar. Even if you go even further with somebody like Ruben Loftus-Cheek who might start. Bertrand Traore. Bertrand Traore. Victor Moses is still on this team. Kennedy. I mean, like, that's why I don't think a lot of people are talking about Willian because while he was definitely their best player last year, I think there's just uh, there's too much uncertainty with how much he'll play. Yeah, I, I, which is why I said, remember during last year, I said, is is now the time to sell? Yeah, I was. think I was right. Yeah, and I don't think I'm right now. And now I think it's too late. I agree. It's like Leighton Baines. <laughs> I can't believe it, but he may have. I don't even know if he made my defender ranks. Oh, that's ridiculous. I'd rather be one year too early than one year. So you know, let you know. Let's get to this now. He, he's got to be in the top thirty. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I think it's a deeper position than you think. For one, well, I've actually so, done my rankings, so I I know how deep it is. <laughs> I have thirty-one names written down, and I don't think Leighton Baines is one of them. That's nuts. Currently, if uh, the only the only reason that you can justify that is you think he's going to get hurt. And the you can reason, say because he's old, he's more likely to get hurt. Like, I get that. But even at the end of last season, he was not the same. And also, he's in a system that's going to make him run a lot. And that's not what he does. That's well, not, not, I don't if, think not I, if we move into this magical back three. But I think you're you're underestimating his no, ability. He'd, he'd be a wing back in, if they go 3-5-2. Oh, that means he has to run more. Because mm. mm. that means he provides the width, the width and yeah. he has to come back and play defense. No way he can do that. There's not a chance. <laughs> I'd rather be – so in draft leagues, you know, unless unless he drops to an insanely low round, which I'm sure he won't, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be owning Leighton Baines this season. Okay. And I and this you'll is never yeah I mean dra- there's always somebody who will draft him highly so yeah you're... and I think they're mostly stupid yeah <laughs> even though I lose to them every single year okay. uh, my I'd rather be one year too early than one year too late mm-hmm. and I think I'm actually right on time for Leighton Baines I don't think I'm a year early nor do I think I'm a year late okay last year was due to injury I understand but also when he came back he just. Seamus Coleman was still the better fantasy defender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I th- I, and on the contrast, I have Seamus Coleman ranked very highly. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's not it's not an anti Everton thing. It's just anti Leighton Baines. Well, 
see that's the problem though is that with FPL the the points are so close with with defenders that in terms of teammate defenders that it it doesn't make sense to have Seamus Coleman as a top you know 10 defender and not have Baines reach the top 30. Remember when Cedric was just a dominant fantasy force? Not really. I mean, he was a DraftKings fantasy force. I mean, yeah, you're right. That might be more DraftKings. I may have to adjust for FPL. Yeah. I may may have done an anti. I may have done this more draft with DraftKings in mind. There. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, if you look at the defenders, I mean, frankly, with with FPL, you're almost better off with center backs because they. It just doesn't seem like there's as much rotation with center backs. I mean, speaking of Cedric, Ryan Bertrand, Jose Font, and Virgil Van Dyke all outscored him. I mean, Van Dyke outscored him by almost fifty points. Well, Cedric also wasn't playing for a while. That's what I mean. There's your there's your fullback rotation. And you don't think there'd be fullback rotation uh, with Leighton Baines? I don't think there's as much as you think. I think it's in, I think last year was injury related. And yes, old guys get hurt, but young guys get hurt too. So, wow, what a stance! Yeah, what a power. I'm just saying, stance. I don't think you can like easily oh. say that Baines is going to play 20 games because he's old and he gets hurt. Like, I, I don't think that holds up. That is a, that's a really far limb that you just stood on. All right. Uh, was there the, anyone in the midfield? Because we didn't really expand on the midfield much. Anyone that you really? were turmoiled with in terms of like you, you tried to fit him in as that fourth midfielder but couldn't you you knew you knew your front three you yeah. knew your first three was there someone that you were really wanting to get in there the the guy that i that i really thought about there are actually two of them dusan tadic was one um <laughs> speaking of guys who like go in and out of the lineup the thing is with now that he's not under kuman i i don't i hate to you say that I, that feels like a i need to see it first uh which means i'll be too late on it anyway and the other one is a guy I always hated and still don't really like that much. And speaking of Ronald Koeman, it's Ross Barkley. Like, <laughs> like I get mine. I get why he should be a good pick. And he was like a very decent fantasy player last year in FPL, uh, at least in total. Like, that's the problem that's, with that, him. It's like at the seven five at seven five. Uh, so let me expand on that because I, I was flipping a coin between Sigurdsson. And Barkley. Yep. I uh, just it was basically because again Everton's schedule after Spurs. I think you went over this already. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, West Brom, Stoke, Sunderland, Middlesbrough, Burnmouth, yeah. Crystal Palace. And, That's good. And and the thing is, if you if you want exposure to that Everton attack, and you don't, and you either have Lukaku already or you want somebody else, you Barkley is easily the next guy you look at. Uh, but that still doesn't mean he's like a great fantasy asset. And and the problem is is that he's got a score. If you if you look at Dusan Tadic last year, how many times did you have him, you know, locked in a lineup and then all of a sudden he doesn't he's not starting? And like are we going to see that with Barkley now too? <sighs> that would be awful. Right. Uh, right. That would be awful. I mean, uh, and the guy who I was looking for today but he wasn't added to the game yet. The newest Liverpool signing. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Jorginho Wijnaldum. Yeah, uh, I definitely was looking to see if he was available, and he's not in there yet. I'm interested to see what he's priced at. Uh, that midfield's going to be crowded. Yeah, 
Yep. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, for Mino at this point, can you say that he's a 100% dead on starter every week now? I think he is. Yeah. I think Firmino and Coutinho. Would Sturridge would Sturridge be a, a number a starter every week? I think so. I think he starts over Origi, Ings, and Benteke. Yeah, I do. No, I'm also talking about potentially moving Firmino and up. Firmino. To I think they they would play together more than Firmino replacing Sturridge. I think you have to play Sturridge when he's fit because you know he's going to get hurt at some point. So you have to get all you can out of him while he's fit trying to think of an analogy but i just can't yeah i keep thinking like it's like the old used car for a guy who like someone who just got their license and right. they just got like the old jalopy and they yes. just can use up as much as they possibly can run it into the ground exactly and try to save up money for something that's slightly better mm-hmm. but i think you're gonna find i mean the, the the liverpool midfield has the same issue as the chelsea one that they're just way too many guys uh and all of them are kind of attractive fantasy options when they play, the problem is you just don't know when they're going to play. Yeah. From a defender's point of view, I have there's a guy who I was looking to see if he was actually in the game, but he's not. It's Ola Aina from Chelsea, mm-hmm. who played really, really well in Austria in the preseason so far. I'm I'm looking at him because he's a potential replacement for Ivanovic. Thank goodness. Uh, but it, I'm still stunned that Ake is gone off of Chelsea <laughs> for that reason. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 that, that Chelsea defense I, and that and Courtois as a goalkeeper, even though I probably rank, I ranked him pretty highly. I'm still not sold, mm-hmm. uh, especially on that defense. Uh, they, they, people figured out how to play against Chelsea that was given the ball. Yeah, Let that's. I mean, what but um, last year, yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't look at last year and think you're going to get something for this year. No, I, I understand. And someone who someone who I would say don't sleep on, uh, if, this is going back to defenders, Andrew Robertson from Hull. From Hull, yeah. That schedule makes him untouchable Yep. Uh, in FPL scoring. Maybe in DraftKings he'll have some value because he might take corners. Um, but... <laughs> That's he's untouchable in FPL. Uh, but you know, six weeks from now, I'll, I'll check back in. Mm-hmm. But if, I'm looking at the budget forwards. There's some good options, man. Yeah, I think the the difficulty you always have with budget forwards, which you know we saw plenty of last year that that paid off. Like we mentioned, Dini and Igalo and uh, Defoe. Is, Defoe, yeah. Ugh. Is that you? You almost feel like you're missing out. Like neither of us took Aguero. Which too much is a little well. It's too much. He's the highest owned player in the entire game. Thirty-eight point nine percent. I can I can pretty much tell you that Vardy and Mares were not in the beginning two weeks of the season, and they eventually they became it. They became the two people you had to have. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fair. We're at thirteen. We haven't even mentioned Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Yeah, Uh, I don't think anyone. his, I mean, the interest level for Ibrahimovic. He's the second highest known for. I think it's surely by name. Just that's it. Mm-hmm. Not taking into mind, you know, who is he getting service from? No, uh, not not any reliable source that provides quality service. It won't be like PSG. It just won't. Yeah. And if he, uh, tries, I don't know if it's going to be that that bad. I think he is going to. I think he'll struggle, especially given the system in which he's going to have to play, 
which he's played in before. I was going to say, he's played in with better, But with a better team. Yeah. And in a different league where the, the teams – well, actually, at that time, the, the Serie A was pretty good still. But it's not like this Premier League, which top to bottom is very strong, both talent-wise and physically, mm-hmm. uh, which he is not used to. Right. All right. Okay. Any other? Yeah, I don't think I think we actually covered all the transfers I wanted to get to. Oh, good. good job, Andrew. Yeah, sure, sure. All right. Um, last programming announcement: uh, We will be taking part in the EFSA Expert Auction Draft next week, so we will be talking about that next week. Uh, we'll be keeping to uh, we'll be keeping talking about some more transfers as we get closer to the beginning of the Premier League season. It's happening, Andrew. Mm-hmm. It's very close. I can almost smell it. That's right. All right. Uh, We will talk to you next week, Andrew. Thank you so much for joining us. And again, this has been the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast, FPL edition. Catch you next week. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer.